Welcome to the Bulwark Podcast. What an extraordinary day. In real time, we're seeing the Trump administration disintegrate. Uh, you have aides, uh, cabinet members resigning. You have uh, former allies deserting him. A lot of uh, reputation laundering going on out there. Uh, and of course, Congress is moving, uh, looks like very, very rapidly towards impeachment 2.0. So we're going to get to all of this. It's really, It is really a, a moment that I don't know. I say Tim Tim Miller joins me. You know, Tim, we have been doing this never Trump stuff for a very long time, and we always knew it was going to end badly. So it seems kind of surreal that it's all ending this spectacularly badly. You know what I mean? Does it? It doesn't seem surreal. I guess I don't. I mean, I think that. Um... Well, because in real life, in the movies, you always have some spectacular thing ends. You know, the the guy has a truckload of horsemen who are dumped on his head, and it's like, oh, that's fantastic. But in real life, it's messy. It's you know, it's it's yeah. it's more it's more nuanced. You have the ups and the blacks. I'm not and the, sure. You know, well, I'm not sure. I think that we have to keep writing it out. I mean, look, no, no. Uh, you know, we I've been here, I and mean, we don't know exactly what things look like next a week from now. We don't look know how things look like a month from now. And you know, I was saying to my husband last night, I. You know, he said that this is worse than he expected. Yeah. And I, I thought about that for a second. And I was like, honestly, I don't think that's true for me. I, I mean, I, I think it's worse than it could have been. But, but you know, I look back at the, at Lafayette Square. And, I mean, as, a, as horrible of a moment that was and as un-American as a moment as that was um, uh, for, for the president to, you know, order mm-hmm. the tear gassing and rubber bullet grenades at clergy and innocent protesters. At that moment, I, I, I was deeply concerned that something like what ha- that the inverse basically of what happened two days ago would happen and that you know there would yeah. be sh- sh- shooting at, at peaceful protesters and um still shocking and, to see it happen yeah so i i mean I, I just think that this was inevitably where we were going to end up and and that is the source of my rage which i'm sure we can get to. well okay i i want to i want to counter the rage i mean i don't i don't want to discourage the rage but i want to give you just a, a a counterpoint to it i i know you put out a letter to to some of our um our, our listeners yesterday you know reminding people that this is and then i i this is hard to really think about is that two years ago yesterday we launched the bulwark two two years it, it feels like it's been much much longer we couldn't possibly have known how it was going to play out. I mean, when we started the bulwark, it was just month to month. I was just talking to Jim Swift about this a couple of minutes ago. And um, when we first started, it was like, okay, we'll do this for three months after the death of the weekly standard. We had no idea what was going to happen. And I do think that it is, it's important at some point to acknowledge that we're sitting here now watching the complete vindication and defeat the you know vindication of many of the things we'd been warning about and the defeat of Donald Trump in this rather dramatic fashion i mean he is gone in fact he's not only gone you just see the rats jumping from this sinking ship i mean the water is churning with all the rats who are jumping from this ship i mean you had a great tweet yesterday that you know that everybody is the bulwark uh, is bulwark online now is you know one as as one conservative media outlet after another does their deathbed conversion, but you know he's going, and he's going in disgrace, and and I and I think that that's that's something. I mean, we we need to keep the rage going, but but also acknowledge. I mean, Tim, take a deep breath here. We 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 beat the MFR. He's going. I'm taking a deep breath. Yeah, it was okay. a little effort to get people to sign up for the Bulwark Plus because it is nice to be yeah, right. Please, you know? please do. And, no, right. 
Um, but so here, okay, I'm taking a deep breath. You're right. You're right. And, uh, and I'll be, boy, nobody will be happier than me on January 20th. And, and, and frankly, nobody was happier than me on Wednesday morning for people that listen to, to the next level. Um, uh, after the Georgia surprising Georgia victories, um, which surprised totally to me at least. Um, and, uh, I thought that was an important, uh, rebuke of all, all the things that have been happening. Okay. Let, let's not go too far ahead though. I just want to go back two, two, <coughs> two, two years ago. Okay. When we launched this thing, you, I, I had forgotten you wrote two days. Like, you know, we launched on January 7th, 2019. You had a piece two days later. Do you remember what your first article for the bulwark was? <laughs> I, I do i had uh sarah had called me and said you guys were doing this new thing and would i write something and i i, I was mad about uh, something that was mad about mitt romney's um mitt, or i was happy about mitt romney's op-ed in the washington mm-hmm. post criticizing trump and i was mad that everybody that all the all the anti-anti-trumpers and all the republican quizlings were criticizing him and so i called trump a special snowflake that he couldn't take the the criticism from yeah that's the headline trump is a special snowflake now now here's here's the weird convergence of the stars my first piece in the bulwark was also about mitt romney and that and and that op-ed piece and and the reaction from folks who are saying you know you shouldn't criticize him because he's a man of great character so this was I think I, I rolled out the phrase, you know, late stage Trumpism there. But uh, so anyway, that was two years ago. We want to thank all the people who have contributed, who have listened to us. Uh, uh, we're nearing 30 million downloads on on this podcast since then. Uh, I, I think that Bulwark has you know, become something way better than we all expected. So here we are at this moment. And I, 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 I again, the... It's kind of alternatively wonderful and terrifying to see this disastrous collapse of this administration. It's 12 days to go. Do you know what that means, by the way? As of tomorrow, the Trump presidency has only one Scaramucci to go. Only one Scaramucci. (laughs) So... Um, where where do we want to start on all of this? Uh, I, I have to give you kudos. You were... You were way ahead of the curve, people, of saying we needed to impeach this guy again. Okay. I, I mean, I, I, I came around and said maybe we need to have an emergency impeachment. But this thing looks like it's going to happen now, doesn't it? Yeah, Charlie. Uh, well, um, uh, I'm happy to start there. and I'm ha- You've called me. Just, just so you know, as I, as I got on the podcast this morning, my chest was tightened uh, to such a degree that I was, I was you know, preparing for some heart palpitations. Uh, and a blood vessel bursting, so I've I've now taken a few deep breaths. Um, Zen, and I'm sure my rage will build over the course of the hour, and we can get back yeah. to to what to what was driving it. But uh, I, yeah, I mean, I think I guess it depends on what you mean by happen. Um, I, I think that whether impeach whether he actually gets impeached again, and whether they go through the process, depends largely on Trump on what he does. Um, I, I think that the, the prospect of it, in addition to the prospect of prosecution is what is what drove the hostage video yesterday. Um, I think that uh, Republicans, with the exception of maybe Adam Kinzinger, one or two others, um, I think are going to be reluctant to want to go through it again, um, unless he forces their hand. Um, I, I think that Joe Biden is going to be pretty reluctant to wanting Congress to be dealing with this come January 21. Um, you know, uh, he's got a pretty major crisis that he's got to deal with. Um, so all, with all those factors, 
Um, it seems to me like this is something that could be rushed through, and and I think w- really almost will be rushed through if if you know it's sort of like the sword of Damocles hanging over the president's head. I think, and I, and I think that the, the president's behavior is, is the thing that is most likely to drive it at this point. Um, but. Uh, I, I don't think that there's a 0% chance that it happens, even if he stays quiet. But I think the chance is rather low um, if, if there's not another incident. Of, of being removed or being impeached? In, uh, of the, yeah, of, of their being holding an impeachment vote. And, and uh, I well, mean, what, they're going to just do an impeachment vote without, yeah. the, without the removal right. and the, without the trial. That seems, I, I, I mean, I maybe I'm, I'm for that. If they do it, that's great. I, I just, I, I don't know what the, what the, I, th- I think it's, I, I think that's the most likely scenario at this point. Do you do yeah. the impeachment vote in the house of representatives? You don't actually have the trial, but what you do then have is you have the hammer to break the glass in an emergency. It is remarkable though. Yeah. The, how the, the, the scope of the people just, you know, jumping. I mean, you have, Bill Barr, Lindsey Graham, Nikki Haley, your your friend Nikki Haley. I'm, I'm, by the way, that's a that's in quotation marks. She says that Trump's actions will be judged harshly by history. You have uh, Elaine Chao, Betsy DeVos resigning. Who shocked, shocked to find out they've been working for a sociopath. Um, you saw that the former communications director, uh, Alyssa Farah, who just stepped down last. Oh yeah, month. she's been tweeting at me. So good, we can we can. Oh, we're t- oh well, it was, she said that Trump should c- seriously consider resigning. Thinks the country would be safer under President uh, Pence. You have these national security officials telling Axios that uh, they and their colleagues uh, would uh, defy any request they believe would put the nation at risk. Uh, so John Kelly, former White House Chief of Staff, saying he'd vote. Uh, to remove him, uh, of course, you know, Larry Hogan of Maryland, uh, Michael Chertoff, former Homeland Security Secretary under Bush, and of course, the Wall Street Journal editorial board has finally, after four long years of turd polishing, seen enough calling on Trump to resign. So your thoughts? Well, we could do the whole hour and on each of these people one at a time. So I'll, I'll defer right, to you on which one you want to take. Um, we did the whole weekend, you know. Yeah, but I, I will start with just my big picture thoughts on all of these people, which this is going to be a um, – we're going to have the explicit rating on this podcast. We're just going to warn people now. So I apologize if you're in the car with your children. But um, I, I, it's Nikki Haley who, uh, whose actions are going to be looked on poorly by history. And, and not just Donald Trump's. And I, I, I don't, uh, all of these folks are now doing the thing that we needed them to do over and over again, that we needed them to do during the Republican primary, that we needed them to do before the, after the, after the Access Hollywood tape, that we needed to do with impeachment the last time, that we needed them to do before this election, uh, that we needed them to do when Trump should have been primaried. I, I mean, I could go over the list. Everybody needed to hold hands and jump together. And, and now, now, after the writing is on the wall, after when he's one Scaramucci away from leaving the White House, they're trying to do this to save their own reputations. And, and I just, I, I have to just say, no, I'm sorry. I don't accept it. I, I, I do not accept their comments now that, that, that it is because a police officer died, because five people died, that it's now Donald Trump's actions that, that were the bad ones. We all, Charlie, we all knew this was going to happen. Every we've all said this was yeah, going to happen. Yeah. Look, I mean, you can go back to when he when he yelled at people in the audience in 2015 
and, and told people to kick their ass of the protesters. Per, uh, all caps tweeting liberate Michigan. He didn't accept the results of the Iowa caucus. He didn't accept the results of the 2016 election when he fucking won. Okay? He's been doing this coup for two months now. The, 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 they just wanted to let him blow off some steam. They didn't think it was going to be a big deal. Uh, uh, the day before, the day before five people died at the Capitol, Two Republicans were running for Senate on a pro-coup platform. They had a rally where Donald Trump called for a coup, where the first sentence out of Kelly Loeffler's mouth was, we're going to get the coup done. <laughs> and everybody cheered. And, and then the next day, they have a riot and people die. And, and all of these people who supported everything up until the night before, now are like, ooh, it's really Donald Trump's that. rhetoric that it's gone too far? Fuck you. So, Come on. Are you serious? Yeah. Are you serious? And then I have to, then everybody, you know, has to be like, yes, thank you. Thank you, Alyssa Farah and Bill Barr and Nikki Haley. This is on them. Okay. So in the first, you, you, you mentioned, I think, the key thing here. And I, and I, I you know, every, every day I try to, you know, go through, you know, what, what are the, what's the chaff? What's the wheat? In, in terms of the news, figuring out what, what actually makes a, a difference. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, is, is it uh, Nancy Pelosi and, uh, uh, you know, is it Nancy Pelosi calling for Trump's removal? Uh, is Was it the that that sort of, you know, Disney animatronic speech that Donald Trump gave last night where he sort of conceded, not conceded? You, you know what? I, I think the one thing that is hanging over everything right now at this moment are the deaths that five people died and that you can't spin it anymore when you have a Capitol police officer whose head was bashed in, who was murdered by rioters, you know, during, during this, uh, this, this insurrection, you know, that he, that he, that he died in the line of duty. I mean, th this, this takes all the people who are in denial. You, you, you saw that, that there was this, there's multiple, you know, the right wing media ecosystem, Trump uh, spin, was uh okay well it wasn't that bad it was just tourists you had sean davis from the federalist saying oh these people you know they didn't know they weren't allowed in and they just sort of wandered in and you know ben dominic uh uh from the from the federalist saying yeah he wasn't really bothered by this because you know the the capital really wasn't that sacred and uh, you know other people saying well it was mainly you know you know a peaceful protest and really no different than black lives matter well, you, you, when you have a dead police officer, when you have five dead people, that just blows away all of the attempts to minimize it. The Antifa infiltrators is just complete bullshit. It, you know, it turns out that Matt Gates and the, Matt, and the Washington Times are just lying about all of that. And I think this is this is a huge, huge problem for anyone that was going to rationalize the president's behavior because remember this is the movement for law and order this is the blue lives matter well you know screw that right because you people incited a riot that ended up with a dead cop okay so i want to play the animatronic uh donald trump the hey, just before you play the animatronic yeah, 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 yeah. i'm trying to say one thing about absolutely. this absolutely sure I, this is not i'm sorry these are not the first deaths okay so like they're the first ones that you can say uh, you know, obviously Donald Trump said, let's march to the Capitol together and get wild. So, I mean, uh, you know, in this one, I, I think obviously the, the tie is more direct. But uh, the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting uh, was was based on 
you know, anti, anti-Semitic conspiracies that were going around into Donald, in Donald Trump's circles. Uh, the El Paso, El Paso. Uh, killer um, was, you know, a believer of this great replacement theory. Um, you know, obviously Christ Church in, in, in New Zealand. Uh, so there have been other deaths of, of people who, are, who, who got into Q uh, that, um, you know, just kind of went crazy. And, started, and, there, could and, have and been, there could have been more. You had Caesar Syak, who, you know, sent out those yeah. bombs. You had the plot, which, again, you, you know, that anyone's surprised about this. Remember, we had a plot to kidnap and murder the governor of Michigan. Yes. That was this year. That Thank was you. a direct line between the rhetoric and the politics uh, of. You know, where was Nikki Haley then? By the way, oh, did Nikki Haley say anything about the plot to kill the governor of of Michigan? I don't remember yeah. that. Remember how Donald Trump tried to lower the the lower the temperature in Michigan? Yeah. They, Alyssa Farah stayed on yeah. on staff, right? Yeah. Or did all, she quit then? Caps, I can't remember. All, all caps. Liberate Michigan. Yeah. So, what the fuck did you people think was going to happen? Really, what were you expecting was going to happen? Really, you think about all the things you said, oh, these are just his words, these are just his tweets, it's not going to lead to anything. But now we have five dead people in the U.S. Capitol after an attack, you know, incited by the president, the head of the executive branch against the legislative branch. The president of the United States incited an attack on the legislative branch. I mean, the, the, even the Wall Street Journal, uh, that's impeachable. This is, this is too far. Okay, let me play the animatronic uh, Donald Trump. I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack on the United States Capitol. Like all Americans, I am outraged by the violence, no. lawlessness, no. and mayhem. I immediately deployed the National Guard and federal law enforcement to secure the building and expel the intruders. America is and must always be a nation of law and order. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seat of American democracy. To those who engaged in the acts of violence and destruction, you do not represent our country. And to those who broke the law, you will pay. Okay, um, just a reminder, in case people forgot because it was like two days ago, uh, Trump put out a video while the while the the mob was in the Capitol, and re- remember, um, he he said, uh, "We love you. You're very special." And then later, he seemed to justify the, the actions in a tweet, writing, "These are the things and events that happen when a sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away." So that was the quote unquote new tone from Donald Trump. And we know how this works, right, uh, Tim? It's, it'll take about, you know, 10 minutes for him to be back doing the, the, uh, the other stuff. But um, this, uh, so what did give, give me your explanation for, for why he felt the need to come out. By the way, there's a lot of, of his people who feel very betrayed by this. They feel be, that, um, I, I think it was Emer- Emerald Robinson tweeted out that he was throwing his supporters under the bus. There are other folks that were really upset about his concession. But, you know, there he is, the president of the United States saying his people that he told to go to the Capitol and to fight. Yeah, I, I think I love well, two things. This quickly, I, I think that he did it because, yeah, you know, the, the one thing that has saved us throughout all this is this empty hole, black hole in Donald Trump's heart where he's just he does still kind of want to be loved. 
and, you know, whenever he gets up to the edge of the plank and he puts his toe in the water, um, you know, he tends to pull it back out um, if he's getting criticized too harshly or he's worried that he's going to get, you know, sued or in jail or impeached or whatever. Um, he really doesn't. He really didn't want to get impeached the first time. I know that some people don't believe that, but he really he really genuinely didn't. Um, you know, he knows branding. He knows what it means to be the impeached president. So, um, uh, you know, he. Uh, I think it was simple as that. Like he felt the walls closing in and, and, and felt like he needed to calm it down. And we've been through this before he's done these hostage tapes before. And then, you know, 48 hours later, the, you know, real Donald comes back out. Um, but I, I just, I, I want to take you maybe a counterintuitive position, um, which is I, I agree with Emerald actually. Like he is betraying them. Like, like the only reason that people, that the smart set of, you know, the Wall Street Journal Ed Board and all these idiots that missed this every step of the way, every Republican senator, every other conservative media outlet except us and the dispatch, the, the reason that they missed this is because they thought he was a clown. You know, my, my article for, for about this, about how, you know, they took, the Trump's voters took Trump, you know, seriously, not literally, the famous quote yeah. by Brad Todd and, and Selena Zito. Um, no, they, no, that's, that was wrong. They, they took him seriously and literally, okay? Um, it, was, it was the Trump enablers that, that thought he, that were treating him like he was a clown and that it was all a joke and that what he was saying wasn't, wasn't a big deal, okay? So if you were one of his supporters who is down, especially during the last year where, you know, you, you have been maybe isolated somewhat and you're down this online rabbit hole and you're reading everything that's happening on Q, and every tweet you see from this insane Twitter feed is about how they're stealing this from us. They're stealing their country from us. They're they're going to implement socialism. You know, they're they're going to put you know, uh, uh, real Americans aren't going to be able to go to church. Aren't going to be able to live their lives. They're going to end. They're going to end Jesus. End Christmas. Like, eventually, people be- that believe that shit want to act on it. Yep. You know, and they want to say they want to stop that because that sounds really bad. So then when he is telling them all that and then they finally take things into their own hands because the end is near. Uh, I would also be upset if he's then like, yeah, actually, you guys went a little overboard. They didn't go overboard. Trump went overboard. They, they acted logically, given what they were told. Uh, they did. Um, there are some reports that tr- Trump uh, was thought that they looked low class. That he, that he was concerned about the aesthetics of it um, rather than the what they. Yeah, actually he wasn't did. concerned about the aesthetics when they were dancing backstage to Gloria. Oh, and, you know, is, if people haven't seen this, by the way, I, I'm I'm a big Laura Branigan fan. I hope this doesn't. Uh, they're they they are watching this and clearly kind of cheering it on. But here's the here's the delicious part about this, which you know. The, the reason why we actually have this very damaging, very damning video of the president, you know, you know ch- cheering on this, this this protest is because, you know, his idiot son, Don Jr., posted it online. <laughs> OK, did, everybody's got to read this Tim Alberta piece in Politico. Do you see this where he talks about makes the exact point you're making? This was all four years in the making. He said, I spent the last election cycle immersed in the metastasizing paranoia behind Wednesday's assault on Congress. Nobody should be surprised by what happened. Right wing propaganda outlets like The Federalist and OAN churned out deceptive content framing the election as obviously corrupt. The Republican National Committee itself hosted disgraced lawyer Sidney Powell for a sanctioned news conference that bordered on clinically insane. And then he makes this really scary point. He said, 
you know, the fringe of our politics no longer exists. What he means is that, you know, the, the line between the, you know, that the, what's happened is the democratization of information has basically me- meant that there's no longer any buffer between mainstream thought and the extreme crackpot elements of our politics. And that's really the scary part about that. So when we're talking about the the enablers or the people who incited this, yes, Donald Trump, but also all of the media outlets and Fox, I throw Fox News in there as well. All of those folks that went along, not to mention the Josh Hollies and Ted Cruz. You want to talk about Josh Holly and Ted Cruz, by the way? Yeah, can I start? I, I want to. That's easy pickings. I want to start yeah. with Mitch. I want to start with Mitch McConnell and Tom Cotton because Ooh, I, I saw I saw a, a comment yesterday guys, that yeah. really angered me, which was that um, from Ari Fleischer that congratulated Mitch McConnell and and Tom Cotton for getting this thing right from the start. Uh, because the they start. didn't sign on to Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley's letter. So so we can get to Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley's letter. But yeah. I, I'm sorry, I, when was the start? I, I don't understand when the start was. Was the start like two hours before the policeman died? Because, uh, you know, the Gabe Sherman, or the, not, excuse me, Sterling. not Gabe Sherman, the Brad Raffensperger tape, mm. you know, where Donald Trump was trying to steal the election and ask Brad yeah. Raffensperger to find but, votes for him. That was Sunday. Okay. It was that 10 was years ago, to, right? Yeah, today's Wednesday. That was on Sunday. So I don't remember Tom Cotton and, and Mitch McConnell calling for impeachment on Sunday when Donald Trump was trying to steal the election and pressure elected officials to find votes that weren't there. I don't know. Maybe I just maybe I just missed the Senate majority leader calling for impeachment on Sunday. But I think he was quiet because he wanted to stay majority leader and that there was a Senate election two days later in Georgia. And no that kidding. finally, once he'd already lost his power, he had the balls to say something on the Senate floor. And now, you know, people want to act like this was his finest moment or whatever the National Review called it. So, uh, you know, I I mean, I I just like Hawley and Cruz are a completely different category because they're trying to go for 2024. Um, But uh, but this is this was this was everyone. And, you know, my the thing with Cruz is he was asked by the Dallas paper if he would do it again, knowing what he knows. He said yes. Okay, I, I, have, I, have a, I have a soundbite from Ted Cruz, but I want to. Your, your your point is right in in terms of, you know, Mitch McConnell. What do you mean right from the beginning? And um, a couple things on Georgia, the sort of you know, scattered reaction here. Yeah. Uh, remember, it was Gabriel. Uh, it was it was Gabe Sterling who was the one of the top election officials who gave that passionate press conference a few weeks ago, pleading with the president, "Your rhetoric is going to get people killed." Yes. Do you remember that? He specifically said, you know, you, Mr. President, you are, you know, you're setting fire, a fire. You don't understand how bad it is. Or if you do understand it, you need to stop doing it. People will die. So this again, there were the warnings were out there. They were very high profile warnings. And let's go back to Mitch McConnell, because I want to actually run the tape back way further than, than you. Remember that famous quote right after the election? in the Washington Post, where um, one senior Republican official tells the Washington Post, what's the downside for humoring him for this for a little bit of time? No one seriously thinks the results will change. Yeah, I actually yeah. I actually saved that because I want to have it. I have it in front of me. Well, what is the? Oh, wait, no, you have it. Yeah, what is the down? Yeah, what is the down? He went golfing this week, and it's not like he's plotting how to prevent Joe Biden from taking power on January 20th. He's tweeting about filing some lawsuits. Those lawsuits will fail. Then he'll tweet some more about how the election was stolen, and then he'll leave. Well, 
No, and that was the calculation. Of course, that was the calculation that that Mitch McConnell made right away. Now he eventually. Did I just want to just really quick interrupt. Yeah. Is that just as a fun aside? Is that the worst uh, macabre fun? Is that the worst background quote in history? Yeah, it may have. Been, I, I mean, I would I would challenge the listeners to find a worse background quote in history than what is the downside for humoring him uh, a few weeks before their five deaths on the Capitol. Okay, but this is familiar to us, Tim, because over the last four years, how many times have people, really smart people, told you and I, oh, gosh, you know, come on, what's what's the, you know, you know, you shouldn't sweat it. You should chill out a little bit. Okay, yeah. so we're going to get these judges. We're going to get the tax cuts. We're going to get this. You shouldn't care about Charlottesville. You shouldn't care about the Muslim ban. You shouldn't care about the corruption. You shouldn't care about the kids in cages and all that. So come on, you know. Just the tweets. Grow, and was there ever a bigger up. lie than it's just the tweets? I mean, yeah. besides think, the fact that, there, that it wasn't just the tweets, even if it was just the tweets, uh, here we are. I mean, the, the tweets have now, the tweets just by themselves have have led, led to what we saw on Wednesday. So if, if Mitch McConnell and all of the Republicans had immediately on December, when did they declare him the victor? It was December 7th or something, uh, declared Joe, uh, Joe Biden the victor. If they had done what has been done in every other election season, it might have, it, it, would, it would certainly have not have enabled the insanity that grew and grew and grew. Uh, if they could have stopped it or slowed it down. So, yeah, Mitch McConnell's decision to say, hey, let's just let him work through his feelings as if, uh, you know, I mean, he, because his feelings are hurt. So therefore, we shouldn't do anything. He's just been disastrously mistaken. And all of those same lines, you, you know, think back to Election Day and the day after the election and, and where the Republican Party was. They actually were in a pretty good position. When you think about it, okay, Trump was leaving, okay, but you know uh, they had picked up lots of seats in the House. Mitch McConnell was still in charge of the U.S. Senate. They could, if if Donald Trump would have behaved like a normal human being and maybe emphasized uh, emphasized uh, the the rollout of the vaccine, if they would have done something serious to deal with stimulus and 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 and, and relief. Okay, they would have lost the, the 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 presidency, but the Republican Party, you know, guys like Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell would be able to look around and say, you know, this isn't so bad. You know, we still control the Supreme Court. We still got a story to tell. Um, we're probably going to win the House back in two years. Uh, really, no, not so. And look where they are right now. I mean, this is this Chernobyl of political awfulness. And yeah, uh, Charlie, to this point, I just want to give you a counterfactual. So let's say that that uh, David Perdue ha- hung on to win. Yeah. Okay. Let's say David Perdue hung on to win. I mean, John Ossoff only won by 0.5%. So nothing that was not inevitable. Let's say that David Perdue hung on to win. And let's say after that, after that mob, after that rally, you know, the, the Capitol police and the National Guard had done the minimum to protect the Capitol. And, and there had been maybe a skirmish outside they didn't breach the building, uh, you know, one one person, but, you know, had a heart attack, but uh, they were one of the protesters. It wasn't really a death, you know, it wasn't like a shooting or a cop die. Um, they, were, they marched through the streets chanting, Donald Trump cheers them on. The next day, uh, you know, Mike Pence, you know, they, they, they count the votes. There's booing, there's chanting, there's some bottles thrown outside the Capitol. The next morning, we all wake up, and uh, what is what's everybody saying? That everybody's like, "See, that wasn't yep. so bad." 
Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I don't, none of the, all these people who are well, jumping off the ship, they're all still on. They're all still on. Mitch McConnell, they're all everybody. Everybody's still on the team. There's not a single person who quit or who's jumped or who's criticized him in the last day that would not have stuck with him had everything been the same. But but two things were different. They didn't actually breach the Capitol and David Perdue won. So the Republicans still had the Senate. Well, yeah, I would like to say that, uh, that the conscience of, of the Senate Republicans was really, really affected by everything that happened. But I think that what really, really happened this week was they lost control in, in Georgia. Yeah. And you, you, you know, the reaction would be very different. OK, so I, I want to Same with about- Mark Zuckerberg, by the way, uh, and Jack Dorsey, whose I think conscience was greatly affected by the yeah. fact that they're no longer going to have Republicans, uh, 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 you know, that it's now the Democrats that are going to be regulating them. But just, just OK, so. I'm, I'm going to come back a little bit later to talk about this okay. all of the issues raised by the security breakdown but but as we were talking about we got to do some of the low-hanging fruit josh Hawley and ted cruz so as everybody is is going through this uh this reputation laundering um you know the people that are saying yeah you know we were against him all along or now we're shocked 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 and we can't in good conscience i cannot work for this man for uh the, uh, the next 11 days or how many working days they have and then you had this moment where Ted Cruz actually goes on this interview. I don't even know where it is. And he goes, I've been disagreeing with the president for the last four years. So this is, take a deep breath here. Okay. Ted Cruz. Tom, I think you have to draw a distinction. I I agree with you that that, that the president's language and rhetoric uh, often goes too far. I think yesterday in particular, the president's language and rhetoric crossed a line and it was reckless. Uh, I disagree with it. Uh, and, and I have disagreed with the president's language and rhetoric for the last four years and, 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 and have said so many, many times. <laughs> many, many times. Go to hell. <laughs> Go to hell, Ted I mean, Cruz. I don't know whether this is like just gaslighting or it's like we're the I think Star he Wars really thing. believed it. I think he's really convinced the, himself of this. I mean, these are not the droids you're looking for. I never, I have boldly stood up against him. Do you remember when I denounced him when he said my wife was ugly and he said my father killed Ted JFK? I mean, I've been a, I've been a fierce critic of <laughs> really. Yeah. I mean, remember, he doesn't see the tweets. I, I'm sorry, he's been a no. critic of Don, Donald Trump. And this is the whole thing. You know, they all they all spent the whole time pretending not to see what 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 he was saying. And, and, and you know, look, I, I have to go back to the point that Cruz, Ted Cruz, I, like, I, I think, you know, is ha, has this pathological type behavior. I said this, I was like, this per, I think that this person needs to be in a mental institution, not in the Senate. I mean, he, he created this fantasy in his head that there's voter fraud and that, that there's this widespread fraud that, need, that, that Ted Cruz needs to come in and save the day and uncover without actually doing any work, but just, but just by vamping about it on the Senate floor. And, and, and that is going to overturn the results of the election and, and maintain Donald Trump in power for a second term. And, and this, this effort, um, which was a total fantasy, which was a total show, which was based on nothing, it, it then results in a, in a mob of people believing him, storming the Capitol, occupying the Capitol, five deaths. The next day, he's at, and then after, after the, the people die, they go back into the Senate, and, and he goes along and votes for it. Again, the, fan, the, the imaginary fraud. I, I mean, this is, like, this, this is clinical. No. What is happening? I, no? I, I totally disagree with you on this. 
There are people who are delusional and 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 and, and need treatment. Ted Cruz is he's he, Ted, Ted Cruz is is a charlatan. He knows all this stuff. He knows he knew that that Texas lawsuit was bullshit. He knows all this stuff. He doesn't care. And and I actually think that he thinks that he can step in and, and be the successor to Donald Trump because he does share one thing with Donald Trump, the absolute lack of shame of any kind. I think that this is not clinical. This is just fundamental dishonest. This man is dishonest to the core and he knows how to play it. And, he, and, and he's done this over and over again throughout his career where he makes promises he does things that he knows he can't achieve. He raises people's expectation. Remember, he became that big celebrity with the government shutdown and everything. And and Rush Limbaugh thought that you know he was the you know the, the next great conservative leader. And everybody you know went to Cruz and said, "What the fuck are you doing? What is your end game? How do you think you're actually going to win this?" And the answer was, he had no idea. He knew. You all remember this. He knew it was bogus, and he did it anyway because this is the way. His deeply corrupt mind. So I guess I'm trying to make a distinction here, Tim, between people who are crazy and people who are evil. And in this particular case, there are a lot of crazies out there. But Ted Cruz is in the pure doctor evil category. Yeah, but I might be a level of evil that requires institutionalizing. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but I, I just, I, I mean, because he, he, he did have a break. Here's the difference, though, by the way, is that we know Ted Cruz is capable of seeing reality because right. he had a break with Donald Trump in 2016 and he went up and, and gave what in retrospect, again, with the counterfactuals in retrospect, when he said, vote your conscience about yeah. Donald Trump. Uh, and then, and then when he realized it was going to ruin his political career the next day and his, and his internal polls came in and, and he had a mob of Texas Republicans yelling at him, um, you know, he changed his tune, but had he stuck with that? Had he stuck with that? It would yeah. be Ted Cruz sitting here with us, right? Um, right. Saying, 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 well, you know, not necessarily with us per se, literally. I don't know. We'd want to talk to Ted Cruz, but you know what I mean. And in general, he knew he saw it, and then, and then he saw the reaction, and so he never, he never made that mistake again. You know, yeah. so, so that I mean, that shows that it that that just that just makes your point really, not mine. That that, it, that about how calculating it is that he. Uh, he's capable. He, okay. he just, he just, cho- uh, you know, has totally, chosen that. He is totally capable. And I think that's what's really important to understand that when people say he's smart, he's really, really smart in sort of a Machiavellian evil kind of way. But I mean, I, I've said this before. I have this picture, which I have now taken down from my wall because I can't take it anymore. The picture of me with Ted Cruz back in April of 19 of uh, 2016, when I helped him win the Wisconsin primary. Even though I knew he was a snake, okay, it was he was it was like the you take the weapon at hand, and so I'm shaking his hand, saying, "Hey, I will do any, you know." And 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 his wife Heidi's right next to me, and it's like I will do anything possible to get you elected. I said, "Oh man, fuck me," you know. I mean, after all this, but here's the the weird part about it, as you know, among the other dark moments in my past was was Ron Johnson, and Ron Johnson in his first two years. Was was I'm 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 telling you it was a different guy and one of the things that really motivated him and he and I talked about a lot was what a total asshole Ted Cruz was how dishonest Ted Cruz was now Ron Johnson's elected a basically a Tea Party agenda I mean he's out there you know against Obamacare um, very much against debt spending and everything and and yet he recognized early on that Ted Cruz was completely dishonest, that he was a charlatan. There was a reason why Ted Cruz was the most hated man in the Senate. And I remember at one point, 
Johnson went on Mark Levin's radio show and and he was saying, look, this this filibuster makes no sense because we're not going to be able to succeed. Uh, the Democrats are not going to give us what we want. So this really has no point to it whatsoever. And Mark Levin was beating up on Johnson and kicking him and calling him names and why he wasn't fighting more. And I remember he was saying, like, you know, there's a lot of crazy out there. So and 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 it was part of my relationship with Johnson was understanding how evil Ted Cruz was. Now, here's the flip side. Ted Cruz is still evil and a charlatan, but it's Ron Johnson who's become utterly delusional. <laughs> and that's that's the that's the weird point. Why I've gone off track here. Uh, I know. Ahead, I know. It. Uh, you know we all should have known this, right? Yeah, and you know, again, uh, sure, I guess. I, I thought I thought all the, all those Decisions were logical, though, right? I mean, that's what you're saying. What you're reading about about going along with Ted Cruz in the Wisconsin primary, even though you knew he was a snake, is that it's because of how obviously uh, um, unpresidential Donald Trump was in the extreme, right? It was so obvious that this man was not capable of the job. It was so obvious how how potentially dangerous the tail risks were going to be with him that it was like. I don't know. I mean, I guess I'll have to de- deal with Ted Cruz. I guess I'll have to deal with Hillary Clinton. Those are the choices made by people who, you know, had, you know, uh, uh, who had functioning brains and were able to see what Donald Trump was and, and then were able to uh, process what the, you know, what that meant, like, and, and, and what you had to do in response to dealing with that. And so, yeah, and, and, and that's where everybody else failed. Well, and the and the big flaw was, and and I should have known this back then, and you you still have the scars from 2016 as well. Was I was figuring that when it came down to a one on one, there's no way that uh, that uh, that Trump could win. But the problem was that if it was one on one with Ted Cruz, that as awful as Donald Trump was, Ted Cruz was was more deeply and widely loathed. So let's talk about Josh Hawley. He had a shitty day yesterday. I mean, his his really really bad day. Okay, so. His publisher rescinded his book deal. His top donor, the guy who basically financed his campaigns, uh, is now calling for him to be censured. His home state newspapers, the Kansas City Star and the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, are both calling for his resignation. Kansas City Star saying that he has blood on his hands. Uh, you know, Mizzou law students are calling for his resignation. Uh, John Danforth, uh, the former senator who had been a supporter of his, one of his mentors, calls his support of uh, uh, his his support the biggest mistake of his life and his colleagues are basically going yeah Josh who so I mean you know this uh, the headline in the St. Louis Post Dispatch editorial Holly should resign silent enablers must now publicly condemn Trumpism so this this yeah. week was supposed to be the week that Josh Holly launched Holly 2024 how's it going yeah, he's on the cover of the Washington Examiner magazine. Oops, a uh, little puff piece. Um, I, I, I'm not there. I'm not certain yet that um, you know he's blown himself up uh, completely with the Republican voters, right? I, I, just, I, I think that like the dust still remains to be settled with that, and and you know again. I lived through, we all lived through the Access Hollywood tape. You know, everybody went against Trump then. And in the end of the day, the voters basically said, eh, we don't actually care, you know? So is this different than that? Yes, there are deaths. But are we, can we be 100% sure that the voters won't say, 
we kind of we kind of actually think that it's Mitch McConnell and Tom Cotton who are the cucks, and we 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 sort of like what Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz and Donald Trump were doing. I, I think that's very much still a possibility. So, as far as twenty twenty four is going, I don't know that he 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 did that. I, I think what he has done is exposed himself as as being. Uh, you know, a complete fraud and, you know, deeply, deeply unserious and phony. And uh, I think that that is going to hurt him with his Senate colleagues over the next two years where he's going to be very unpopular. Uh, The rage eyes that Mitt Romney was giving at him as he was still speaking about his fake coup attempt after the after people had died and the capital had been occupied was uh you know is a, is, is a meme for the centuries uh, and and you know I, I think that again you know his little effete you know pow, white power fist that he was giving outside the capital to the to the people i mean it's just all embarrassing and deeply embarrassing to to anybody you know kind of who who is outside of the the trump cult um, so the question is, um, you know, what, what kind of, what the voters think and how, th- how things, how things bubble up. And I, I think that within, you know, um, elite circles, if you will, to the extent that matters, I think he's going to be deeply shamed. And I think that he revealed a lot about himself that was, that we all were pretty sure about, by the way, but that, that, you know, his kind of just very scared, embarrassed, half, half-hearted attempt to continue the coup after the Capitol was occupied was, was just a, a moment of historic weakness and and shame that that he is going to have, that, and that fist picture is going to be something that follows him throughout the rest of his career. Honestly, yeah, and you think about it, you know Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley, the most Trumpist of the twenty twenty four prospects, uh, had the worst week. Of course, you know you do have the Tom Cottons who are still pretty Trumpy, but I I, I don't know. I, I, I where do you come down on all of the on on Trump twenty twenty four? Because you know we've we've talked about this in the past where. Trump is forever. Um, that he, if he announces he's running again, he freezes the the race. Uh, he'd be the on, uh, you know odds-on favor to get nomination. I don't think that's true anymore. <clears throat> I think this has been tremendously damaging for him. I think that, and I think that the next twelve days could make it even worse. I'm I'm trying to imagine a scenario in which Donald Trump becomes more popular than he is, you know, that does something that, that turns things around. I mean, there might be some rallying around if they try to impeach him, but. Um, I, I think that's done. I, I just, I, I think that this week did make a difference and that Donald, Donald Trump's viability as, as, uh, as a candidate for four more years, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 know, I know. I know. I've been I don't, I'm not a no on that one. Uh, I will see. I mean, again, I, I think the impeachment, we kind of cut that conversation at the beginning. I, you know, again, if he is impeached and removed, which I, I don't think is, I don't think is a 0% chance at all. I, I think it's possible i I went through the senate i mean i don't again i don't think zero percent chance but if it happens uh he can't run again right Um, yeah that's not gonna so so i mean i looked through the republican senate roster last night and i had trouble getting up past seven votes um so i I don't i don't really think it's gonna happen but but i think that's possible possible um i think that legal ramifications are obviously very possible so so I, I think that you know 2024 could get derailed by 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 these kind of outside forces outside the voters uh, hands and there's also it, you know, cr- criminal charges as well yeah exactly um, which, I, which i think is is, is more likely you know, so when, yeah yeah so if i guess i'm just saying let's say that he survives all that right let's say that this is just in the hands of the voters 
I, I just sitting here right now, this morning, January eighth, uh, two thousand twenty. I, I just think he's the favorite. I, I don't. I, I, you know, I think that if there was, I think uh, you know, if he survives all the other stuff. Now the other stuff, that's a big if. But I, I just think the voters are still with him. Nah, you know what? Okay, I, I I know why you're saying that because we have you know had this branded on us, but I I do think, and 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 again, this is why I come back to the fact that we have a dead police officer in the Capitol. This this is something that that he it's, it's going to be very hard for him to shake. I don't see him coming. Out. Okay, let's talk about this the security failure. Yeah, there's two things here that are just mind boggling, and I I can't really I mean I'm I'm really kind of obsessed about it. N- number one why it, it broke down so badly, uh, who is responsible for not having the National Guard. We're getting multiple stories, uh, including stories that the Capitol Police and the city of, uh, of of Washington refused support for them, in which case the mayor of Washington, I think, should, should resign. But also the double standard. And I do think it's legitimate for people to say, you know, if, if, if these had been black protesters, they would not have been treated remotely in the same way as the protesters. Um, but again, I wasn't there. What, what is, what's, what's your sense? So I'm, I have to be very, I want to be very cautious on this. Um, I, I think that there is good reason to believe that, um, you know, certain, uh, police officers, uh, uh, were, you know, treated the MAGA protesters with much more discretion than with black protesters. I think particularly in the counterfactual where it's black, black, riot inside the Capitol, I, I think you're seeing a much more aggressive policing. So I, I think there's no doubt about that. Some people have taken that to another extreme, which is like there was there the Capitol Police is collaborating with with them. And I I, I just I, I haven't seen a lot of proof of that. And and you know, I, I think that um what is the more likely explanation is that, you know, the Capitol Police is like the TSA of of the police. Yeah, you know, this is this is not a anti-riot outfit over there i mean this was a failure i certainly think it was a failure from the white house who didn't who chose not to act um because they didn't want to militarize the actions against their own supporters so absolutely that's a fair criticism but the but some of the charge with the police themselves i i just i think that they were overwhelmed man and yeah, i think I, that there were a lot of instances last summer that we saw where you know there were some instances of course of, of just disgusting police brutality disgusting uh, but there were other instances where, to me, where police looked overwhelmed and were kind of letting, you know, vandalism and stuff happen just because, you know, they were just trying to, you know, not not make the situation worse. So I, I think that there are two things can be the same, right? That, that of course, uh, uh, you know, a, a black, you know, instigated riot outside the Capitol, occupying the Capitol, they would be treated more harshly. I, I don't think, I, I also think an, an explanation for this is that these guys were just completely, completely overwhelmed and were just trying to, you know, contain and manage it until the, until the, the, you know, reserves came in and the reserves came in late, according to Larry Hogan, because the, the, uh, the administration slow walked it. So absolutely shame on them and shame everybody that worked as, as, as part of that. So, so that would be like the distinction I would draw. And I think everybody needs to be held accountable for this. And I'm, uh, yeah pretty certain that I, I think this investigation is going to be extraordinary. My, my, I guess I have a little bit of anxiety now, whether or not they're going to get it right uh, for the inauguration, which is just 12 days away, because I have to tell you that I, w- I was on a show this morning. I think I mentioned before we started the podcast where somebody, I'm not going to try to beat on him. I mean, somebody was saying that, you know, we're in this era of good, we're about to go into an era of good feeling. 
um, where people are going to be able to, uh, you know, em- em- embrace the new politics of bipartisan decency. And this has broken the fever. Um, and I had to say, I'd like to think that's true, but I don't think it's true. You look at the social media that made it very clear that there was going to be violence uh, on the 6th. And a lot of these folks, they are not accepting reality. They are talking about revolution. They are talking about civil war. They are talking about how to smuggle guns into Washington, D.C. This is not paranoia. This is out there. And it's not being done on the dark web. It's being done on just it's there if you would look at it. And that's one of the remarkable uh, remarkable things about the failure is there was no secret about what was coming on the 6th. And that was a joint session of Congress. The president of the United States was tweeting out, make sure you come. It's going to be wild. So how anyone didn't understand what was going to happen. But again, January 20th, there are. And there was some violence the night before. Remember, there was the the burning of the Black Lives Matter flag. And so, no, when I I do not want to be misinterpreted on that. Absolutely. And just an utter failure of planning, probably intentional uh, from this administration because they did not want, you know, scenes of. You know, the scenes that we saw this summer with the military police out and, yeah. you know, the scenes we saw in Lafayette Park. So I, I absolutely think that there were ill intentions from the Trump administration. Mm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. There, there, there might be a counterfactual explanation as well. And we're now speculating. OK, sure. so I, I, I don't know, which is that it was uh, the city, the, the Washington officials who were afraid of misconduct by the feds who were afraid to do this, who might have, I look, we don't, we, we just don't, we just don't know. I guess my point is, and I've said this over and over again, because I do think we live in these bubbles. Uh, if you go on, if, if, if you track some of the, the, the folks that have been, you know, track right wing uh, conspiracy theory media, one thing that will strike you immediately is that there are still people or certainly, you know, you know, have been people and a lot of them who, are in complete denial. They really did think that Donald Trump was going to stay president. They really did yes. not think that Joe, I mean, they believe this. They believe it deeply to the extent that the word sincerely applies here at all. Um, and so they are angry. They are shocked. They are disillusioned. And the fear has to be that they are very you know, radicalized about all this. Uh, it's interesting because the night before January 6th, uh, Denver Riggleman, you know, the former congressman for Virginia who was ousted by one of the yeah. crazy crackpot theories, but but he's got a long background in military intelligence and conspiracy theories. He tweeted out that he was really, really worried that the combination of the Georgia, the defeat in Georgia and what was about to happen on, in, on the, in the Capitol on January 6th was going to lead to a real explosion. And uh, I think he was dead. He was dead on about that. And so for people who think that it's over now, that everyone is shocked, everyone's going, well, we'll never do that again. Um, Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. No, no. I mean, again, look at the bottom up and and look at, you know, our media ecosystem. And we've been writing about this in the book and this is going to be continuing to be, you know, something that I'm doing and others over the next year and years is, uh, you know, look at where these guys are now getting information this morning from Rush Limbaugh yesterday, who, who's who's comparing them to Patrick Henry, and from the Federalist that is, you know, talking about how oh, this is oh, everybody's overreacting, you know, the left wing violence is worse, and 
you know, they on their on these, you know, on Parlor and on the Donald.win and on all in all the all these groups. Uh, you know, so yeah, I think that there will be I think some people were shook by what happened for sure. And and you know, I think the tail caught the dog um uh, a bit. Uh and so I think that will um you know, negate, you know, mitigate some of this, but, but, uh, but no, I mean, I, I this is a bottom up driven thing. And until, you know, we fix the, the way that, that we're communicating to these folks and until people that, that enabled this take responsibility for it and actually try to make changes rather than just cover their ass. Like, yeah, no, this is, this is not the end. Absolutely not. Should we end on a, on a, on a high note though, since this is our weekend. Do we have to? Uh, yeah, sure. I might. Well, my, my chest is constricted again, so yeah, it'd be nice. I, to, I was figuring that spending an hour talking to me that you'd get all mellowed out. You yeah. go, you know, Charlie, you're right. We won. They lost. Uh, we have been vindicated. They have been exposed. You know, I okay. mean, this is this is. I, I don't want to say you know Schadenfreude here, but but man, it's uh, it's it's way more than four hours now. I'm I, I'm serious. Okay, so. How do you pronounce the name? J.L. Coven, the really yeah. brilliant comedian who does uh, who does the the Donald Trump. Um, well, he does Donald Trump. What, what can yeah. I say? He's he's very talented, and he has some thoughts uh, about some of the, the the figures, some of the speeches that we've been hearing this week. So let's just let's just end here, <laughs> okay. and I'm just going to say thanks, Tim. I really appreciate you coming back on, and hopefully, Thank you, Charlie. You know, we'll we'll just understand that, you know, that at some moment, got to have a little champagne and say, we are on the right side of history. Apparently, it turns out that history had a side and we were on the right side and didn't always necessarily feel. Uh, actually, it always felt that way. Anyway, so thanks for coming on. Thanks for listening to the Bulwark podcast. We'll be back on Monday and we'll do this all over again. Here is J.L. Coven. Did you see Mitch McConnell? He sounded like he was going to cry. Now they got crying Chuck Schumer talking, you know, with that whiny, just total waste. But Mitch McConnell, I never thought a turtle could cry. Okay, I thought they were, you know, turtles, they're always very dry. And believe me, he's not a ninja turtle. We actually lost to a ninja turtle in Georgia last night. Raphael Warnock, okay, he's a... He's a black priest wizard. That's why they call him a warnock. That's like a male witch. And uh, he's a Raphael. Okay, he's, that was the angry Ninja Turtle. So now we got Wolverine Ted Cruz talking. God, what a... Even though he supports me, let's be honest. What a bitch with an ugly wife and a presidential killing father. That's right, I said it. While Ted Cruz is talking, I'm still talking powerful Trump words about his family, and he'll still defend me. So the country's in trouble. Mitch McConnell is dry, crying little little turtle tears down his crackly skin onto his, onto his shell of judges that I gave him. Okay, so we'll see what happens, but I will be releasing the Mountain Dew Army later today, and we're going to have the first... Mountain Dew Code Red, Civil War in Washington, D.C. The streets of the swamp will run red with the bubbly Code Red Mountain Dew. Okay, so we'll see what happens. But Mitch McConnell, I am uh, not happy with you. Ted Cruz, your beard now looks like some sort of Old West thing. What a... 
What a sad beard. Okay, no, Mike, I'm not talking about mother. And then Mike Pence. We'll see the ultimate betrayal from that. From that, you know, he's... You know, a bottom is supposed to be sort of your... You can rely on it, okay? But he hasn't been that kind of... There's no power in that bottom today in D.C. So, you know... If you see him in DuPont Circle, tell him his president hates him, and we'll see what happens.